Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Welcome to the Corner of Truth and Courage with Tom and Tyler. Tom, I'm still here. Okay. We haven't thrown you out of the driver's seat yet. You haven't thrown me out of the driver's seat yet. No, no, we're, we're, but I'm keeping a close eye on you. Well, I think you've had your blindfold on. I want you to take it <laughs> off now and see what's actually happening around you here. Okay, Maybe I'm around. too scared to see. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm thinking. So, so we've been talking all week about uh, the end times, Revelation, uh, but in particular Islam and, and how they're uh, correlated with the end times and what the Bible says about these things and and how how maybe some of the things we've learned before are not are not necessarily uh, true as it deals with Rome and their involvement. And but we also have alluded to uh, we've talked about the dragon, right? And 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 who the dragon is. We've got two different beasts, right? And now now we want to talk about the great whore. And so I'm start I'm starting to get confused. There are so many different uh, aspects that we read about in the Bible here. Clear it up. Clear it up for me. Clear it up for our, our listeners here. Who who are all these people? What's their purpose? What and and how is the inverse side of things as as far as Islam deals with it? How how is that involved as well? All right, we're going to have to move kind of quickly here on this. There, let me just recap because I don't think we dealt with the second beast very well. But uh, okay, the dragon that chapter twelve in in uh, in Revelation chapter twelve clearly that's the devil. Okay, yes. and he's going to empower two creatures. And these two creatures are going to be worship, uh, worshiping the dragon, the devil. So this religion that they're involved with is is the devil's institution, mm-hmm. and it's the devil's institution to bring his what he thinks will be his control of the world. Mm-hmm. And there'll be two characters. One is the the first beast. That's the political leader. He's going to make a peace agreement with Israel, and eventually break that peace agreement, and bring destruction to Israel. second person that comes along is, uh, and he'll come along the same time as the beast. We call him the Antichrist, the political leader. The second person is the false prophet, the second beast. He is the religious leader. And according to Islam, they're waiting for the Mahdi, the political leader, and Isa, Jesus, the Muslim Jesus, who is going to rule the religions and bring all the religions together and eventually bring it all into Islam. As I said, when you put the lens of Islam on your eyes and look at Bible prophecy, read the book of Revelation, it's like you can see these two characters as the first beast, the Mahdi, mm-hmm. and their Isa being the uh, spiritual leader. And we find what he's going to do in Revelation chapter 13, verses 11 through 18. And there he's going to lead the world to worship the first beast, as I was talking yesterday. People who tried to say, well, you, your conclusions are wrong, Tom, because Islam does not allow worship of man, does not allow worship of idols, and so on there. And they're going to make an idol, and they're going to call all people to lead to it. Well, Islam practices, their God is the capricious one. Our God is immutable. He can't change. Capricious? Yeah, he's changing. He's ever-changing. Okay. okay. That's what that means. That's what it means. Okay. And uh, the uh, changeable, okay? Allah can change, and he changes his rules. Halfway through the Quran, he changes rules. At first, he said, uh, Christians and, and, and Muslims are friends. Now, later, he says, go kill them. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Allah changed his mind, you know? And so, now, it's new rules. Mm-hmm. And b- before, it was peaceful as it was following the Bible, and then they weren't following uh, Muhammad, so he says, now, go kill them. You know, so, they're allowed to change the rules. So when the Mahdi comes, who I think they'll claim to be, you know, the Muhammad coming again, mm-hmm. 
and uh, and he will say, God has now said, you can worship me. By worshiping me, you worship God. That's one, one, one thing that I'll answer that. The other thing is they do practice idolatry, and I'll show that here in a moment, okay, mm-hmm. when we get to uh, chapter 17. And back in uh, the, the religious leader, the Isa, he'll build an idol, call everyone to worship him. He controls the mark of the beast. You can't do work. You can't buy. You can't do anything without the mark of the beast. Mm-hmm. We don't know, you know, the number of man, 666, and all that type of stuff. We don't know exactly how that's going to lay out, you know. But there'll be a mark. Then you can't do commerce. Anyone without it will be killed. So, in other words, you submit or die. Mm-hmm. Okay? Again, that's what Islam teaches. You submit or yeah. die. Mm-hmm. Now let's get to the great whore. The great whore is in chapter 17. And the great whore is not a person. It is a city. Read, if you would, the last verse of Revelation chapter 17. Revelation. Well, re- read verse 1 first. Read verse 1. Okay. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. There's going to be waters, you know, and go to the go to last verse there, because that will answer that. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth okay so the whore that woman Mm -hmm. is a city all right i think there's another verse i think uh somewhere uh verse two maybe verse two that talks about the waters being the people and the languages of the people and stuff uh, there but go to verse number three because we tell where it's located it's located somewhere verse three so he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness and i saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast Full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Okay, so where? It's in the wilderness. All right? Mm-hmm. Now, but if you go to verse number nine, that tells us there'll be seven mountains. Right? Mm-hmm. Read that verse if you would. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. Okay. So the location where the woman sitteth, the great whore, is a city, and it's going to be somewhere where seven mountains were. This is where people led to Rome. Because everyone knows Rome historically has been built on seven hills, seven beautiful hills. Mm-hmm. I've been there, been to Rome, and it's a beautiful place. And, it, um, and so this is where they say it is going to be Rome because of the seven mountains, all right? But my problem is in verse number three, we're told that it's going to be in the wilderness. As I said, I've been to Rome. Rome is not in the wilderness, all right? Mm-hmm. So that doesn't quite fit. We find also that there is a connection with Babylon. That's in verse number 5. Read that if you would. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Okay, so the mystery of Babylon. Um, let me tell you, because of time, I believe that the two locations that fits this better is either going to be in Iraq, mm-hmm. where Babylon originally, where the city of Nimrod was started, and is called Babylon because God confused their languages and the babbling and stuff there. So this ta- this city been called Babylon. It's in a mountainous region and it's in the wilderness. Okay, mm-hmm. it's controlled by Islam, but there's another location that I think fits just as well. The other city is Mecca. Now, we all know Mecca is the heart of Islam, mm-hmm. where Muhammad started everything, the Kaaba's there and, and everything. And um, and there, it's a mountainous region and also in the wilderness. 
And how does that fit with Babylon? The actual Kaaba, that cube-shaped temple that they circumambulate around and everything is there when they go on their Hajj, um, uh, that is called... It's got a few a few names, but one of its names is uh, is the house of Babylon. Hmm. So the words of 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 God comes from there. Mm-hmm. All right. So Babylon, the mystery of Babylon, is associated there in Mecca. But here's another thing, and I guess it brings me back to the idea, if you would, of uh, idolatry. When a Muslim, there's the five pillars of Islam. One of the five pillars is the Hajj. They must make a pilgrimage at least once in their life to get to Mecca. Mm-hmm. When they get there during the the, uh, the time of the Hajj, uh, they circumambulate around the, uh, the Kaaba seven times. On the southeast corner, uh, <clears throat> they believe that the moon rock, they, they have a teaching that Adam and Eve descended out of heaven from uh, from heaven on a moon rock, okay? And this meteorite must have fallen out of the heavens and fell in Mecca. They have placed that on the Kaaba. It's on the southeast corner. And it's encased in a silver lining. Mm-hmm. And it's shaped to, and I'm trying to be delicate here, it's shaped to look like a woman's reproductive part, okay? This Kaaba... Inside is all adorned in red velvet. It's like the womb. Mm-hmm. They believe that the that humanity began here. Adam and Eve began here. This is where the birthplace of humanity is. And so they dress it up like a womb. Again, this is called the great whore. The resemblance of a woman here is is this Kaaba. Yeah. And this is the center of Islamic worship. One of their highest places, holiest places of worship, and their goal is to touch and kiss that black stone there. And um, if they do, they believe their sins can be completely absolved there. So uh, they will have an assurity of heaven uh, there. So um, th- there's a number. You, you don't tell me they don't have idolatry. They worship these things. They hold them in high regard and believe that there can be absolution of their sins. If they get to do certain uh, things in their worship and performance. So why does this matter? Why, how does this tie into the end times, the okay. revelations? Well, okay, again, where do you see Islam in this when people ask me that question? Well, in their teachings, they're waiting for the Mahdi to come. He fits the ideally with Revelation chapter 13 being mm-hmm. the first beast. They're waiting for Isa to come. The things that he will do fits exactly with what... Uh, we see in the Revelation chapter 13 of the second beast. Mm-hmm. Then where will they rule? Where will they uh, do all this uh, uh, leading and stuff there? It won't be in Washington, D.C. It won't be in Jerusalem, it, and it won't be in Rome. It will likely be in the in the uh, uh, wilderness, mm-hmm. in a mountainous area, something tied with Babylon. And I believe that the options are Babylon itself up in um, uh, up in Iraq mm-hmm. or Mecca in Saudi Arabia. And I believe all these things fit. Here's another thing. They built over the Kaaba, you know, when they had their Hajj, you know, places where people say they built these seven huge hotels, these towering hotels. And there's one in the middle. There's seven of them, but one in the middle goes all the way up. It's the second highest building in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And above it is the crescent moon, but usually when you see the crescent moon, it's on its axis, it's on its side. This here is set like almost like a throne. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, when people see these pictures, now, I, you know, it says built on seven hills, seven mountains and stuff there. And some have suggested, well, these seven towers is a semblance. It's interesting they built seven. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're clearly all by themselves in this one area. Nothing else towers around them. And, you know, I, I think maybe we go too far to try to say, well, that is uh, what we're talking about here. It's, it's interesting that all these things come together. You know, you you and I have had this discussion, Tyler. There, that what, what is this? Why should we care about Islam and all that type of stuff? Yeah, I've been saying for over a decade that I believe Jehovah God is allowing Islam to grow into this world to bring judgment to America. You don't see America in Bible prophecy. Mm-hmm. You cannot have someone rule the world, total abandon. You know, he has allowed, He's got the authority to rule by his own rule. Okay, a totalitarian. You cannot have that if the American Constitution is still in existence. If people are governed by the Constitution, they're not governed by this totalitarian. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in our future, the American Constitution is going to come to an end. This country will, will come to an end. I used to believe it would come after the rapture, you know, everything goes into chaos and all the governments are dissolved and one man stands up and rules. But I believe we still have the possibility, and now more, that America will come to its own ruin by itself or allowing enemies to come within to destroy us. And I think Islam is an instrument of that destruction. Because surely we'd be, we would be mentioned somewhere. Yeah, I mean, you know, if we are leader of the world, you would see us somewhere in Bible prophecy. We're not there. Mm-hmm. We're not even mentioned. And it suggests that our nation comes to an end and uh, and we see these things unfold. And Islam is going to be an instrumental part of that. Well, we're going to have to stop there because of time. Join us again tomorrow at the Corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.